Well, we are going to continue a series. We started a new series last week called The Fight of Faith. And I encourage you, if you didn't hear the first message, go back and listen to it. Uh, we are going to review and recap what we, some of the things, most of the things we covered tonight or last time. We'll, we'll cover some of that tonight and go forward. Um, but I encourage you, if you didn't hear it, go back. We won't preach everything exactly like we did last week. Go back and listen to it. It's on the website. It's available there. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 6, 11. We're going to go through a few of the scriptures that we went over last time. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now this is Paul speaking to Timothy, a young minister, young pastor. Verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. In uh, the Amplified, verse um, 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and for which you were made the good, in which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. In uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, this is as Paul's ending his journey on the earth, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So these scriptures, and we're going to get into more, but Paul in, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, he's telling Timothy to fight. It says, fight the good fight of faith. There is a fight in the Christian life, and it is the fight of faith. Any other fight that we would get into is not what we're supposed to be into. We're supposed to be fighting the fight of faith. The fight of faith is to stay believing God, staying at rest in Him, staying on His side, and not getting distracted by everything else that's be, uh, in front of us, whether it's contradictory circumstances, whether it's our feelings, our emotions, uh, people, whatever it is, we need to stay focused on what God has said in His Word, what He's doing in our lives, and not getting distracted. And uh, we said this last time, and some of these things we're going to say, and then we're going to get into them as this series um, unfolds, and we'll cover these more with Scripture. But the biggest challenge that we're going to face in our lives is not a specific problem. It's not a specific circumstance. It's believing the Word and speaking the Word. In other words, staying in faith about any situation. So it's not the issue in front of us. It's how we're approaching the issue because God can do anything. With man, things are impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. So it's not the issue in front of us. That's not the problem. 
The problem is believing God in the midst of a circumstance that He will do what He said about any situation. If we believe Him, then the situation is really, it, it doesn't matter what it is because His power, His ability is able to overcome it. But if we don't stay in faith, if we don't come to our situation looking to Him, if we disconnect from Him, now we're, we're going into the situation with our own strength, with our own ability, and that may not be enough. In certain situations, that may not be enough to get us over. But it wouldn't be the situation exactly that overcame us. It, it is the fact that we took, we disconnected from the one that can overcome any situation. So staying in faith, Believing what he said, what God said, and speaking what he said is going to be the biggest thing that's going to come against us. Because if we can stay with God and stay in faith and believe him and not be moved, then we can overcome. It doesn't matter what the situation is, God's bigger. He's greater. Let's read some more scripture here. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. We're going to go through some of these uh, somewhat fast, because we went through them last week, some of them. 1 Timothy 1.16 says, This charge I commit to you, Timothy, to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. That you may wage a good warfare. Talking about fighting. Talking about pushing there's a pushback, otherwise you don't wage it. You don't talk about waging a good warfare and there's no resistance. You know, you don't talk about, you're just walking down the street, taking a walk, and you talk about waging a war. That, that doesn't make any sense. When you're waging a war, that means there's resistance. That means you're in a fight. There is a fight in the Christian life. 1 Timothy 1.18, in the CEV translation, it's, it says, uh, Timothy, my son... The instructions I am giving you are based on what some prophets once said about you. If you follow these instructions, you will fight like a good soldier. We emphasized last week, there is a fight in the Christian life. We just got to make sure we understand what it is and that we're not fighting the wrong fight. We're not trying to fight to get God to do something. We're not fighting people. We're not, you know, fighting the devil, per se, because he has been defeated. You're not warring with him and with evil spirits and, and trying to uh, overcome them. The fact is Jesus has over, already overcome. What we're fighting is to, we're fighting to believe and to stay with what God has said, stay connected with him so that we can come through. But there is a fight. In the NIV, the same verse, 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. That you may fight the battle well. Well, is there a battle? There is a battle. These are what these scriptures are saying. You know, it, it'd be great if we could just go through life and never face any challenges as Christians. And... Some have gotten the idea that that's the way it ought to be. That if you're a Christian, and if you've heard what the Bible says about faith, 
then you should never have any more problems. That's what some people have got an idea uh, of, and that's not true. The Bible clearly talks about that there are challenges, that are, there are resistance, but there is resistance, but it's not from God. God is not raining problems down. He's not the one opposing us. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. There is an adversary in the earth, and we will talk more about that, I believe, you know, as we get into this series. But he's a defeated foe. He, he, can't, he can't overcome us unless we disconnect from God and stop believing what God has said. But what he will try to do is deceive you and get you disconnected with God so that he can defeat you. But he can't. He's already been defeated. If we know that and we exercise our faith in this way and believe him, believe God, then Satan has no he has no power over us. Let's look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. See, it doesn't say be strong in you, in your might and your power, and your ability, and your talent, and your education. It doesn't say that. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now, it doesn't mean you can't exercise uh, some of these things, you know, uh, walk in certain things. If you've been developed and been educated in a certain area, and you're using it for God, well, yeah, you'll use those uh, abilities, you'll use those skills, but you're not relying completely on them. That's the difference. Because if you're relying completely on yourself, then when you get to the edge of what you can do, where else, what else are you going to do? You've reached a ceiling. But when we've laid everything we have down before God and say, Lord, this is what I have. You know what I have, but I serve you. Then when your abilities and your resources bump up against a, a ceiling, uh, God is infinite. So we're not relying on what we can do. Now we are relying on Him. Well, He can do much more than any person on the face of the earth. I don't care what level of ability any individual has in any area. It is nothing before God. God is not impressed with people's ability. You know what He is impressed with? He's impressed by faith. He's impressed by someone that relies on Him. That impresses God. The Bible says it's impossible to please Him without faith. The strength of a person, whether it's physique, whether it's monetary, whether it's intellectual, it means nothing to God as far as you impressing Him. Are you kidding me? He created man. He's seen it all. He doesn't need the strength of a person to get something done. He needs a heart that's toward Him and faith. And then there are no limits because God himself is the strength and the power uh, helping an individual that's committed to him. Here it, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against the wiles of the devil. So there, there is pressure that's going to come and we need to stand against it. Well, that's that's a struggle as far as, I mean, that's a, that's a fight. It's not just passive. It doesn't mean 
that we are trying to overcome the devil in our own strength, Satan will push you. There are circumstances in this world. There is an enemy, but he has no power. But what he tries to do is deceive, tries to distort, tries to put, bring pressure so that will disconnect from God. But he has no power to enforce anything if we'll believe God. It says, put on the whole armor of God that, go back to verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. It says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Well, again, withstanding is pushing back. Well, pushing back on what? There's going to be some pressure in this earth, but we can push and not in our own strength. We are relying on the Lord, but we are exerting something. And then it says, having done all to stand. That means when the dust settles, you're still standing. Well, there was a, a resistance. There was a... A, a conflict, but you stand. Not in your own strength, it just said that a few verses earlier, but in God's strength. But notice, it does say there's resistance. There's a conflict. The Bible doesn't teach that everything just is going to go rosy all the time. For the Christian, that's not a bad confession. That just means stuff in the world is not perfect, but we've overcome through Jesus anything that would come against us. Now let's look at Hebrews 4. You know, some of that, we, we went all the, over those scriptures last week, and like I said, I encourage you to go back and listen to the message if you didn't, because we're, we're, we're going forward from what we covered last week, but those scriptures uh, we covered, and some of them in more detail, and we'll, we'll probably get into some of them again as we go on with the series. But Hebrews 4, verse 1 Hebrews 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as them, talking about the Israelites that God spoke to, and them uh, that he told them they could go into the promised land, and they wouldn't believe. They did not believe him. So it says, verse 2, The gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they did not hear, they heard, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, so that although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 9, skip down to verse 9. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So verse 9 says, therefore, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. See, 
we're talking about the fight of faith. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. The fight of faith is not an active trying to, you're not trying to beat up the enemy. You're not supposed to be fighting circumstance. What we're supposed to be doing is what it says here, is to enter the rest of God, ceasing from our efforts to get things done in that, yes, we may use our efforts, but we're ceasing from relying on those efforts to make things happen. We're relying on God. We are walking in faith, walking by faith, based on what He has said in His Word and to us through His Spirit, by the Spirit, what He said for our lives, and we are relying on Him to bring those things to pass, not in a struggle, not in a way of we're trying to work it up, but the struggle, to say it that way, is to stay in faith. In other words, circumstance, conditions, feelings will try to get you to pull back from just that rest. When we find ourselves being anxious, we spent a whole series, you know, ended a few weeks ago about being anxious for nothing. When we find ourselves being anxious, it's a sign that our faith is starting to wane. We're not looking to God. We're starting to be moved by what's going on. Because if we're resting in Him and in faith in Him, it'll show up in our peace level, our joy level, that we're calm, that we're in rest, and we're trusting Him. See, the indication of, uh, of uh, being in peace is not what's going on in the circumstance, because see, that could be looking chaotic. I mean, there's a lot of chaotic circumstances right now. But in the midst of that, we can be at rest, because we're looking to God. We're looking to Him. We're walking by faith. And so, we push in to be at rest. And that seems contradictory. But as we, as we see here, it's not contradictory. You, it is a fight to stay in faith. It's a fight to stay at rest. That's the push that will happen is Satan trying to get you out of rest, out of believing God, and start living by what you see and feel and hear, and then your, your, your world can start, be rattled, to start to be rattled. See, we're not at rest anymore. Now we're looking at how am I going to do this? How will this resolve? I, I don't understand. And God hasn't changed. God hasn't moved. His promises haven't changed. Our perspective has changed. We've let ourselves get out of rest and start looking at how we're going to do something. Well, that's, yeah, we may be limited. You and I are limited. Let's, there's no doubt about it. We're limited. But God is not. He's only limited where He's limited Himself. You know, He won't lie. Where He's said, I will not do something, but He Himself, He's unlimited. He can do what men cannot do. So the key is, then we need to push in and stay in the rest that He will provide as we follow Him, as we walk close to Him. 
Verse 9 says, Therefore there remains, or there, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Well, diligent, you're staying on top of it. To enter that rest and to stay in that rest. In other words, it doesn't happen automatically. I wish it did. I wish, you know, there, I wish, A, there was no problems, we would never face any challenges, and then we could just walk in the rest of God effortlessly. Now, it's not your works that's doing it, but you're, we're going to have to take it and say, no, I'm staying in the rest of God. Your circumstances can scream at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know. You, it, all different types of circumstances can scream in your head. The, the visuals, just pictures in your head. Of, of circumstances, situations can yell at you and what it's trying to do, the enemy will push on you through these things to try to get you to back away from being in rest and to start being in panic. And it's a fight to push in and say, no, I am going to stay with what God said he will bring me through. He's going to bring me over. He is going to help me to conquer in this situation and every situation. That's a fight. That is the fight. It seems contradictory that you're fighting to be at rest. But you can be at rest and then you, you know, have you ever had it happen? You're, you know, you're walking through your day, maybe it's a Saturday, nothing's happened, and then you see a headline or you, somebody, you get a phone call and you where you arrest, you're tempted to jump out of that and it's, you know, a tightness could try to come up in you. Thoughts could come and hit you. Well, how are you going to get back to where you need to be? You're going to have to fight. I'm not talking about clawing. You're going to have to do something to cast that off, to resist it, to say, no, I won't be moved. I will not be moved by these things. I don't ignore them. I don't stick my head in the sand, act like they're not there. But God's bigger. And to push through the thoughts, push through the feelings and say, no. I will stay in the rest of God. That is the fight of faith. It says, be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7, we're going to touch, touch base on some of the things we covered a few weeks ago on, on, on walking by faith and not looking at the things that uh, we see. This segues real good with, with how we ended uh, that series. It segues real well. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. In the NLT, it says, we live by believing and not by seeing. See, if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, by what we believe, not by what we see, we're going to have to do something to keep our focus on what we believe. If we're going to walk by faith and not what we, we see, that means we see certain things that could try to get us out of faith. 
certain things that are try, will try to get us out of rest. And we have to push through that, and push in there and say, no, 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 I'm not walking by what I see. I'm walking by what I believe. Well, what is that? That's faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the, faith is the evidence of things you don't see. When we're fighting the, we're fighting the fight of faith, we are pushing against our senses, which may tell us something in the natural. But we're walking by faith, which is something we can't see. Well, that can be a struggle to the natural mind. Because we, we, are, you know, we operate a lot of, of tasks that we do in life are natural, and we're used to trusting sometimes what we see. I mean, you better trust what you see when you're crossing the, the street or, you know, you're, you're doing some fine task and you, you, you rely on your eyes to be able to manipulate, uh, you know, objects or whatever if you're working with them. You, you're, you, you hear, uh, you know, you better trust what you feel. If you feel, you know, a sharp pain uh, in your leg as you bump up against something, you might want to pull back, you know. The pain is not bad in the sense that it's a warning that you better stop something. That's why, you know, your body does some, certain things involuntarily sometimes. It, you feel pain and you realize you've already pulled back. Well, we, we walk in a natural realm. And so we, those, our senses, we can't ignore what our body tells us all the time because otherwise we could get into trouble. We don't ignore everything that goes through our mind. We have to discern what goes through our mind and what we feel based on what the Word of God says. So faith is, it's the substance or the foundation of things not seen. So we, at certain times when we're walking by faith, we're going to actually have to not ignore, but discount what we're seeing in favor of what we believe. Because we know I can't see it, but I believe something, so what I see is going to have to change. Well, we have to renew our mind because we're used to, in some situations, relying on what we can see. But if we're going to walk by faith and we're going to fight to stay in faith, sometimes we're going to see situations, and if we're going by that, we'd quit. We'd throw up our hands. We would make a decision that we know is against what God told us. We could do any number of things. We could, we could go against what the Word has clearly told us because I can't see certain something. And so what are we going to do in those situations? We are going to have to discount what we see in favor of what we believe. Because believing or faith is the evidence of what we don't see. Well, there's a push there. You're going to deal with your flesh. You're going to deal with any part of your mind that's unrenewed, pushing on you and saying, what, what, you can't see anything. Yeah, but you believe. So you don't see certain things, but you believe. And so that overrides what you see. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a struggle. I'm, I don't, when I use the word struggle, I'm not saying, you're just like, oh, I'm so struggling. It, it's, a, it's a fight. It's a conflict is maybe a better way to say it. And the more we 
renew our mind, and the more we put our flesh down and get it uh, to where it obeys us, then the, the more we'll, we'll be able to walk in faith. But there's a push. Your flesh will talk to you. Enemy will plant thoughts in your minds, saying, your mind saying, well, look, 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 feel. And we have to push back and say, no, I'm not going to look and feel in this area because of what God said. Well, that's, that's the fight. That's a push. In the CEV, Hebrews 11.1 1, says, Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Faith gives us proof of what we can't see. Faith, pushing in faith, gives me assurance that what I can't see or what, I, what I'm seeing is not the end of the, the story. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ. It says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. To make those things reality in our life, we're going to have to believe something. It's not what we see, it's what we believe that we're going to have to act on. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Let's just look at that in the... We can look at it in the New King James. It says, Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We don't look at it. It says, We do not look at the things which are seen. Again, we have to operate in the things which are seen, but we're not looking at those things with our heart. With the, with the eye of faith, we are not moved by the things that are seen in the natural. But if you have things that are pushing on you in the natural, there's resistance to walk in the spiritual. The things that are natural, the things that are seen, are subject to change. They're temporary. The things that are eternal, or that aren't seen, are eternal. They, they, are, they will not change. In the NIV... It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The, the part here that is the, the challenge is that while it may be temporary, while you don't see what you believe you should see, the seeing will push on you. And the longer you don't see what you believe you should see, the more it's going to try to push on you. Like someone said, time tries trust. You believe God. Some people come out of the chute, believe in God, and they say, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's day one. I believe God. I don't care what I see. And day two, I believe God. I don't, it doesn't matter what we see. You know, day 10, that hasn't changed. Maybe they're not quite as enthusiastic. Well, I mean, 
I believe God, and I, I'm not looking at this, but there's, a, there's a, a, a resistance, a push. You know, day 45, are they still saying, I trust God, it's, it, this, is, this is temporary. Well, see, over time, the enemy will talk to you and say, you're crazy. Why haven't you seen it then? Well, that's, what, what's going on right at that point? The fight to remain in God's rest, to remain in faith, and say, I don't care what I see here. I believe God. But there's a push. It'll try to get you out of believing God and to start saying something else. Well, I don't understand. What's going on? I don't, I don't see. Well, what are we going? We see we just flipped out of I believe God to I am going by what I see now. Because why would I think it's not working? I have to be going by what I see. Well, now, see, I'm anxious. I'm losing my joy. And I am not in faith. And God has not changed. And the circumstance may have not changed, but we are letting it push us off. And this is exactly that resistance that's happening. That's the conflict. To take the situation and say, I don't care if it hasn't changed. I believe God. I'm going to say what He said. And I am trusting Him. In the CEV, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, Things that, that are, are seen don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we keep our minds on things that cannot be seen. We keep our minds. See, you, you fix your eyes. When you're talking about your eyes, you may be looking point blank into something natural and doesn't look right. You know, you look on it with your natural eyes, but your mind is fixed on what God has said. Your eyes, the eyes of your heart are fixed on what God has said. Well, it's, it's to keep your eye, the mind or the, the eye of your heart fixed on what God has said, that's the conflict. Because you may be looking at the same thing every day. Your natural eyes are, are beholding the same situation. It's not that you're, you're all of a sudden not looking at it with your natural eyes. It's that if your, your, the eyes of your heart start looking at that, now, now it starts bearing down. Romans 5, 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, you are filled with joy and peace as we're believing, as we stay in what God has said, as we stay in that rest, as we trust Him, believe Him, stay in His presence, stay in His rest, there's joy and there's peace. When we see ourselves starting to get out of joy and out of peace, our, uh, the eye of our heart has started drifting from what God has said onto what we see, feel, experience in the natural. And at that point, the conflict is pushing on us. 
And see, the enemy doesn't actually have to bring something to bear. In the, nat- the, the thing is there in the natural. But what he's trying to get, the real battle is trying to get us to detach from God because then we're in our own strength. He knows that, that we're done. See, he cannot overcome us in, if we're in God, if we stay in faith. What the, the, this fight is trying to get us to disconnect from God and get us to look and to go totally by what we feel and see. And we'll get into this more, I believe we'll explain it more. But the reason is, is because Satan can push buttons in the natural. He is the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 calls him the God of this world. Now, we'll, I believe we'll get into that more, a lot more scripture. But God is God of all. But Satan has influence in this world. And there's people that are easily influenced by him. And there's circumstances in the world that are are fallen and not God's will. And so stuff happens in the natural. And he can push certain things. That's why we don't go by the natural. We go by what God has said. God's word and his spirit will overcome any situation in the natural. But what Satan tries to do is get us to see, feel, disconnect from what God has said. And then, even though Satan doesn't have the power to overcome, we take our, it's like we take ourselves out of the game and let ourselves be defeated. He couldn't do it by force, but he's a liar. He's a deceiver. We walk by our beliefs. And what, our, what we believe and our faith in the Lord, not by what we see. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. As we close here. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom you have not, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's look at verse, well, let's read 7 on again. It says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, even though that something is pushing on your faith, even though the circumstances are pressing even though it feels like it's being tested. It will be tested. It's not God playing games. The world, in the world system, and in the fallen nature, and the enemy, there'll be pressure that's brought to bear, and it is pushing on your faith, pushing on us. And it says that we would still, having come through, our faith, that we would be found to praise honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, that's the struggle. That's the push. That's the conflict. Verse 8, having, uh, whom having not seen you love. See, we haven't seen Christ. Most of us haven't seen Him. 
But even though we haven't seen him, we love him. And then it says, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Even though we haven't seen Jesus, we believe what the word says. We believe we will and that we are in the family of God and that he is who he said he, he is and that we can, and so then we can have joy and trust and rest and belief in that full of joy, even though we don't see what our faith tells us. And so we walk on with Him and trust and hold fast regardless of what we're seeing, regardless of what we're feeling. So we don't go by what's right in front of us at the time. We don't go by what we see. We don't buy the circumstance by the circumstances. We're not moved by that. We press through those, that, those pressures and we go on with him and say, regardless, I'm staying in the rest. I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to be yanked out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay and I'm going to rest and I'm going to praise you anyway. That's the fight. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much.